This is Valley Views, our weekly conversation with influential and interesting folks from around the Wet Mountain Valley. Today on Valley Views, we're meeting with Yvette Christie, who's the pastor of the Methodist Church. She's been in the Valley for two years. Today we're talking about her community storytelling group called A Place at the Table. Yvette, welcome to the program. Thank you, Gary. It's good to have you here. Now, you're relatively new to Westcliff, uh, and you came here for a job. Were you used to living in a small town before? No, I would consider myself to be urban. I'm, I'm the same way. This is the first time I've lived in a small community. So what surprised you about the Wet Mountain Valley and living in a small town? I mean no harm uh, or judgment when I say I found the, I found the valley to be um, really fractured. I had this assumption that small towns automatically reflected a greater sense of community, and um, that's not what I found personally. Mm -hmm. And what do you like best about living in a small town, and this one in particular? That when you do make the effort to connect, that there are people that are willing to do that. Uh, I believe that in order to find that connection, we have to be intentional. I had to be intentional and uh, uh, make my way into the spaces of other people to make that happen. But for the most part, many people are open and willing to um, be in community and, and uh, avail themselves to that. I've seen that too. Now, now, what's the worst thing about living in a small town coming from an urban area? What, what do you miss about not being in a large city? I think it would be activities for the most part. You know, in the city, you can go to a jazz club on a Friday night or go to the mall on a Saturday. And um, and I love Jones Theater. I'm committed to going most Sundays to whatever movie they're playing. But it's also you're in the city, you know, you can go to whatever movies you're looking for. So I guess it would just be activities, things to do. For me, it's Vietnamese food. But that was, <laughs> that was just me. <laughs> so uh, now... <laughs> you were looking for a way to have a community group. Why, why a storytelling group? I love storytelling. I remember as a child, I loved library time. And when the librarian would sit and all of the children, all of us would be sitting Indian style in front of her or him and um, having someone read me a story. And I would just be lost in the narrative. And I thought that this would be a phenomenal way to bring people together just to hear how much we really have in common uh, as opposed to all the agendas that keep us separated. When you first started out, how was it accepted? Did people like the idea or had to be convinced? No. Um, immediately, if I can remember correctly, we had, and I know numbers don't count, but in any real sense, but 32 people showed up the first time and we had um, musicians that were local musicians and local storytellers. I had many people rally around to help bring refreshments and drinks. So it was always well received. I've just not been able to get the word out as much as I'd like. Now, I attended a recent event and there were probably 40 people there. It, it filled the room. Is that Was that a typical meeting, would you say? Um, last, uh, last month it was, it was the largest group we've had. Okay. Now there's an interesting statistic that I've heard more than once that points out that the only thing people fear more than death is public speaking. 
So how hard is it to get speakers to participate? To be honest, it is a bit of a struggle. I have to do a great deal of legwork to get the word out, to get people to respond. There is a bit of fear in public speaking uh, for many people, um, but the atmosphere is so relaxed and so welcoming that I think the average person that has done it for the first time with us uh, does a really does a really good job. When I was there, it was just folks sharing their stories. It, it didn't look like people had spent a ton of time polishing and that sort of thing. It was, it was just kind of a bit off the cuff. Is that the way you see it? It is a bit off the cuff, and I would like if we could have a bit more polishing so that people knew to project and to maintain eye contact and to tell a story that's concise Mm -hmm. and engaging. However, one of the main points of this is that we use everyday folks from the valley, that we that we're not looking for talent as much as we're looking for authenticity. And almost anyone can get past someone not being polished if the story is is good and they can see the person being earnest in their effort to deliver it. Mm-hmm. However, I would like to have another. We did have a a storytelling workshop, and I believe that another one will be in the works soon. Oh, that that's that's a good idea. Now, now storytelling is is an art form. There's a number of formal and informal networks around the world uh, in which people can share their stories. Some of them are pretty sophisticated. There's groups like Moth in uh, New York City, the Story District in D.C., and the Perfect Liars Club, ironically, also in D.C. (laughs) Does this kind of thing fit your format that it goes to that a little bit toward helping people tell a better story or tell their story in a more concise, uh, better way? Their format would inform what we do, However, I just don't want what a place at the table to become so so agenda based that we that the common common person would not have a space. Um, yeah, you I want mean, everybody to par- be able to participate. I want everyone to be able to participate. There's, you know, we could have three professional storytellers come in, but are they from the valley? Are they there to just share their their art of storytelling, or are they there to really engage the people that they're speaking to. So that's really important for me that it's not a performance. So describe a typical meeting. How does it play out? So we have we we have refreshments and at about 5:45 as people are gathering, we have always had local musicians, which is another important element, and they play till about 6 when everyone gathers and then I stand up and I I communicate just a bit of why I think storytelling is so important and so necessary in this this day and age. And then we have two storytellers, an intermission. We also collect donation, a financial donation, and it goes to one of our local nonprofits here in the Valley. And then we have one more storyteller, and then we close out with music. Depending on how comfortable the musician is, we have additional spaces for music. Um, And that's the end of the evening. Do you meet on a certain day of the month? It's the last Thursday of every month. Last Thursday. And when I was there, it was in the back room. Is that? Yes. Okay. Each meeting has a theme. When I attended, it was close to Halloween, and most of the stories had a supernatural twist. What are some of the topics that you've covered? 
we've done surviving. People shared situations in their lives where they've had to overcome um, some adversity. We have shared about climbing the Crestones, locals that have achieved uh, climbing the Crestones. And we did, in August, we did local lore. So we had um, Richard Posadas and Jim Bistado and Elizabeth French share stories about uh, local places and the myths and, and things around that. This month, I'm looking for why I serve. And so I would love to get in touch with local law enforcement or EMTs or educators, people that have committed their lives to service. Hmm. That sounds like an interesting topic, and it's uh, right at Thanksgiving. I, mm-hmm. could, I, could see a, I could see an angle there. Can you think of a, a story or two that someone's told that was particularly memorable? I really enjoyed last month when Mike Banks, who is a dear friend of mine, shared a story about how he had watched a horror movie as a young boy. And then after leaving the theater, he had to walk home through a cornfield. And again, he wasn't polished in his presentation, but you could tell that he was reliving that moment. And it was engaging and humorous. And I got to see a part of his humanity, which one of us who hasn't had fear over walking through a cornfield at night. And then I also remember Carol Breebach shared a story. She was one of our first and it was a personal story, but she shared how how important a simple song was as she navigated a a loss in her life. Uh, I love Carol Breebach. She's a very strong woman. And to see that tender side of her as she got lost in her own narrative was very, very powerful and um, it moved me. And the point is, I see both of them very differently than I did prior to them telling those stories. Often a good story is very emotional. It, mm-hmm. it, takes, it takes you there. You can feel that person uh, reliving right. uh, something that's happened. Now, you also have another group, uh, the Community Cafe. It meets on Thursdays at 9 o'clock. What, what's that about? So just like with the storytelling, I think something that we're losing, um, that we've lost, that that we're losing in our society is the barbershop, coffee shop type of situations where we go to know and to be known. And the community cafe is every Thursday beginning at nine and everyone and anyone is welcome just to sit and be in conversation with whoever shows up. I love the randomness of it. You never know who you may find yourself in conversation with. And one of the things that I noticed in my vocation are so many people are lonely. You know, we are so connected with our phones and the Internet, but deep uh, conversations aren't being had like they used to be as far as I can see. And so this format was to create a space for people to come. There's breakfast items and coffee and there's no cost. And uh, again, it's just another way to build up the fabric of our community by being present with one another. There's oftentimes nothing better than to uh, have a conversation with somebody that uh, just kind of on a random topic, just see where it goes. Yes. So where, where does the community cafe meet? It's at 206 South 6th Street. It is in the United Methodist Church office. But I don't want that to discourage anyone. Um, there is there's no bait and switch. There's no religious rhetoric or prayer time. 
it is sincerely a generic space to to visit. Remind us when a place at the table takes place. The last Thursday of every month at 6 p.m. in the back room in the Porth building. So it's always the last Thursday of the month. And as we run out of time here, what's the best advice you ever got? I had a professor in seminary tell me, Yvette, as you go out into the world to serve, the most important thing to do is to become a thread in the fabric of whatever community you are sent. And that is my aspiration. That sounds like uh, good advice. Uh, Vet, thanks for visiting with us today. Thank you, Gary. Thank you for inviting me. We've been visiting with Yvette Christie, who's pastor of the Methodist Church, on her A Place at the Table storytelling group and the Community Cafe. My name's Gary. We'll see you next time on Valley Views. You've been listening to Valley Views on KLZR 91.7 FM. Valley Views airs Tuesdays and Thursdays at 7 a.m. and 4 p.m. and again on Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Send your ideas and comments to comments at klzr.org. Valley Views is produced by the volunteers of KLZR 91.7 FM. I'm walking on a rainbow with my feet on solid ground. 